Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. Hey, why don't you open up your Bibles to Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. For those of you who are following along, the scripture will be on the screen. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. And the scripture reads, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And so for those of you who are taking notes, I encourage you to take notes. Note takers go to heaven. Amen. And so... If you're taking notes today, the title for this series or the title for this part three is called The Law of Partnership. The Law of Partnership. And so all across this room, would you uh, bow your head and close your eyes as we go to God in prayer today. Uh, Father God, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus, that you are in control. Thank you, Father God, that you have our best in mind. And today, Father God, Lord, as we gather together, As we read your word, Father God, Lord, as we talk about you, that everything that we do today, everything that we say today, everything that we talk about today, Father God, wouldn't be, Father God, to build an organization, but to make you famous. Lord, that your truth today would come into our lives and transform us. That your word today, Father God, would break the chains that the enemy has held on our minds and our hearts and our eyes. That we may see you for who you are and see all that you have purposed for us and that we may take hold of it today and walk in your goodness and your faithfulness and your truth. Lord, guide me, use me, speak through me. And in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I'm excited today, guys. So we're talking about the law of partnership. And so, uh, you know, for those of you who've been a part of this series, The Four Laws of Love, it's based off a book from Jimmy Evans. And I'm telling you, if you haven't read this book, I encourage you after we finish the series or even right now, uh, not while I'm preaching, don't go on your phone, but uh, go on Amazon, order this book. I'm telling you, it is going to be a blessing to your life. Amen. Our goal is that we'd be lifelong learners and reading this book has like transformed some of the ways that I think, right? Amen. And so if you've been a part of this, we've been talking about kind of like what this looks like to walk in relationship. This doesn't necessarily have to do for just married folk or people in like a loving, you know what I'm saying, like a love or romantic relationship, but this has to do with all walks of life, right? This is, there's so many applicable truths that you can take and you can apply it to your work life, your school, wherever, wherever you find yourself along this journey, there's so much truth that you can find and that you can apply it to your life, amen? Um, normally... This series is, you know, there's a better half, right? That's like teamed up with you. Pastor Chino and Lydia, they've been preaching. And then next we're going to have uh, Terry and Richard. They're going to be up here. And then my wife, for some reason, has decided not to join me. So we're in trouble here. Actually, she's watching online, so I'm going to get in trouble right now. So I better not talk too much. Now nah, she's at home, and my little one's not feeling too well, so she's at home with him. So it's all good. I ain't judging you, girl. I ain't judging you. Um but it's all good. That's, that was her excuse not to come up here. Um, but it's funny because, you know, if we're talking about relationships, there's, there's something that comes to mind, um, and we're talking about partnership. Uh, not too long ago, I was outside, uh, actually a couple months ago, more than a couple months ago, I was outside, 
and um, I was playing basketball with my boys. And so my, bas- my boys are 9 and 10 years old. And so we're out there playing basketball, hanging out. And I challenged them to a game. I'm like, you know what? I can beat both of you guys. You know what I'm saying? You guys are on a team. I'm solo. I'm going to crush you guys, right? And so we're playing ball. And we're playing to five. You know, I'm making it super easy. And I'm not playing no defense at all. You know, I'm just like, what are they going to do? How, what, you know what I'm saying? What baskets are they going to score? You know what I'm saying? They're like, they're nine, ten years old, and we're playing a ten-foot basket. They're not going to do anything. Before I know it, it's 4-0, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm about to lose. And so I can't lose. I'm very competitive. There's no way I'm going to lose this game to these elementary kids, right? That's unacceptable. I'll never live it down. And so, you know what? I said, you know what? Oh, it's about to get serious. <laughs> I was playing around, but it's about to get serious. So what do I do? I go and I take off my shirt and I said, you know what? That's it. I'm playing for real now. This game is about to get serious. Like, I'm, like in my head, I'm dunking on them. And it's like, it's just, it's not kind at all, right? So I take off my shirt and I said, that's it, guys. It's getting serious. Allison's out there. She's watching us. And I'm like, I get the ball and I drive to the basket. And as I'm dribbling this ball to the basket, all you hear is pop. And I'm like, what was that? And I immediately, I fall down to the ground. I tore my Achilles on the play that I was going to dunk on them. I was like, oh, the devil is a liar. So that was, a, that was like my first major injury. I've never had like a major injury like that before. I thought that was like for basketball players, like NBA players. That's what happens to them. You know, I'm like in my driveway. And I'm like, I fall down in like the worst pain I've ever felt. And I'm like, what just happened to me, you know? And so we call a friend, he's like, he's a doctor or whatever, and he knows kind of like how to, what signs to look for. And he's like, yeah, I think you tore it, man. I think that's it. You know, I was like, oh, no, what happens from here? And little did I know is that I was going to be on a three-month journey, actually almost like six-month journey in order to fully recover from this injury. And, and what we have is we live in a split-level house, right? And so now I am dependent on my wife to take care of everything. Amen. Uh, so, you know, I, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm very independent. I have to do things for myself. And now here I am. I am dependent on my wife to like, for a short time, like do everything for me. I'm not allowed to, to put pressure on it at all. I had to go get surgery. I had some time where I had to recover and I couldn't move. I had to keep it elevated for so many hours in a day. It was, I was, at one point I was for like two weeks after my surgery, I was like bedridden. I couldn't get out of bed. I was supposed to keep still, all this other stuff. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do? You know, in fact, the day after surgery, right, I was super scared because I had never been put under. This is is like, I I was scared. And so the day after surgery, I'm like, I'm praying to God. I'm repenting of all my sins. I'm like, Lord, forgive me. Please let me wake up. Let me see another day. And I wake up and I'm sitting in bed and breakfast is is sitting in my lap. And I was like, oh, I don't went to heaven. What happened? My wife was kind enough to make me breakfast. I didn't even know that was allowed. I didn't know she would do something like that. I was like, oh, Lord. Um. But it's interesting when you get into a moment and you need someone's help, how you realize that there are certain things that you cannot accomplish in life without someone's help. Like, I could not recover appropriately, properly. I would have probably injured myself had I not trusted my wife to help me in the process for recovery, right? And sometimes a little bit, that's what our lives look like, right? We're so independent. We're so focused on doing life alone. or We're so focused on we got it all figured out. We got it all together. We never ask anyone for help. 
But can I tell you, there were some moments in that recovery that I thought I could do more than I could. And I'm glad we don't have like cameras around the house because you would have saw some pretty ugly falls, like some, some America's Funniest Video stuff. Like there was times like I was like hopping around on one leg and smacked my face on the asphalt outside. I'm like, she told me not to do this. And I said, no, it's okay. I got this figured out. And bam, I was like, I could have like done more damage than, than I needed to. All because I wasn't willing to partner all because I wasn't willing to release some of the responsibility and allow someone into my life to help, right? And sure enough, I learned some hard lessons on that, and it humbled me, and I realized I need to trust my wife, right? I need to listen to what she says, but it's a partnership. It's a partnership that allowed me to get better. It's sharing these responsibilities, right? And so we're reading that scripture. We see that God has called us away from our mother and father. And it's interesting because when God gives this command, when God says that you shall leave your father and mother, this was to Adam and Eve. There wasn't, there wasn't a father and mother at this time. So God was giving this scripture for us today, that we would leave our father and mother, that we would join together as one, that we would join together as one, that we would join in a partnership and watch what God will do. Can I tell you, church, today that God wants us to grow together? That's the purpose of relationship, that we would grow together. That is God's plan. So today, if you're taking notes, I want to go through, I got three things that I believe is going to allow us to grow together in our relationships, whether it's friendships or it's work relationships or it's romantic relationships, married relationships. I believe these are going to be some practical tools that are going to help us grow in a healthy way. Amen? Number one, if you're taking notes, do not make decisions based on emotions. Can I get an amen? <laughs> do not make decisions based on emotions. It's incredibly easy. It's incredibly easy to be caught up in emotions and to make a decision based on something that is temporary. In fact, there are, there are many places that we can find emotions take place. If you're single in this room today, Sometimes it's hard being signal, amen? Signal. Singles, not signal. Uh, it's hard being signal, right? Sometimes that moment, that season can feel like you're in a desert. Sometimes it can feel like it's barren. And sometimes it could be like this outward pressure. You're on social media and everybody you know is booed up and you're like, oh my gosh, I want to have a boo, right? You know what I'm saying? Like you see all those things. And we say it here at the church all the time. We say it all the time. That comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of joy. And sometimes it is in that moment of singleness, right, that you're feeling dry, you're feeling empty, you're feeling like you want more. And out of that emotion, you make a decision to enter into something that you got no business being in. Can I tell you, there's something beautiful about the season of singleness that God is doing. Can I tell you, I, there's some married folk in here that I tell you right now, you better enjoy that season, amen? I'm not putting down marriage, but you know what I'm saying. If you know what I'm saying. If you know, you know. Uh, but there's something beautiful about that season. There's something important about that season. In fact, here's what I will tell you. Pastor Chino said it from the altar many times, that the way you leave a season is the way you enter into a season. And if you leave that season of singleness, intent on leaving and upset and angry and not wanting to be in that moment and not find contentment and watching what God wants to do, you'll enter into a relationship with those same 
emotions and those same feelings and you will damage what could have been a good thing because you didn't learn to enjoy the season that you're in. Amen? For those of you who are dating, that can also be this moment where emotions can take control and make you make some decisions that aren't right, right? Take it slow. Take it slow, right? Slow and get to know, right? We rhyme it today. Slow and get to know, right? But it's important, right? I like to cook. I don't know about y'all, but I like to cook. And the best dishes take time, right? You put something in a crock pot, there's something about, you can, you can put chicken on a pan, it's going to taste all right. It's going to taste all right. But if you throw that in a crock pot, you let it sit, you let it marinate, you let it stew, you let it sit there and absorb all the flavors and the nuances that you put in there. It, it's something way different than just a five-minute meal the, because it took time to get there, right? And that's the same way with relationships. We often have a time to lead relationships with our emotions, and we go way faster than we should. But can I tell you that if you're in this room today and you're in a relationship, y'all are talking, y'all are getting to know each other, take it slow and get to know. And watch how letting that moment marinate, watch how letting your time take its course, watch how God will take that thing that you could have enjoyed in five minutes but ruined, watch how God will take those that year, those two years, and turn it into something beautiful that you can enjoy for a lifetime, right? So don't make decisions based on emotions, right? Take it slow. For those of you who are married, don't quit. Don't quit. For those of you married, you know what I'm talking about, because sometimes, ooh, cha, on my last nerve, right? Not you, Allison Hodges, if you're watching. I love you, but it can be that. Let me tell you something. I, I mean, this is just, nobody can get you out of pocket like your significant other. I'm a very calm, cool, collective person. But Allison be saying some things to me, I'm like, oh, Lord, girl, you better take that back right now. You're going you're gonna to get me out of character. But emotions, they're real and they get to you. And it's easy to take a moment and make a lifetime decision. That's a scary place to be. In fact, I think that's how the enemy works. The enemy is like, he's, he's a photogenic kind of guy. He'll take a snapshot of your life and tell you this is how it's going to be forever. But that's emotions. And they change, they change like seasons. One day you can be happy. One day you can be sad. Do not make decisions based on emotions because they will change amen in fact there's a there's a quote out there there's actually some some research out there that says 86 percent of marriages who continue on after having trouble are better off 86 percent that stay you know even though this is a hard moment we're going to continue on they they're better marriages 86 of those marriages get better 86. So that's, that's the majority. That is the majority, right? And so that tells you that moments are not forever. Emotions are not forever. And do not make decisions based on that. Who is texting me? It's my wife. She's telling me, I love you, babe. Oh, Lord. Stop texting me. I don't know how to turn off my notifications, girl. Oh, my gosh. What is going on here? <laughs> My goodness, 
She'd probably go text me again. That's amazing. But it's important. It's important in those heated moments or even sometimes you could be in heated seasons. It's important not to quit. It's important not to give up. It's important not to take a season and make it a snapshot of forever. No, that's not how life works. It is a moment. And that if you continue past the uncomfortable moments, if you stay committed, if you stay grounded, watch what God will do. He will turn it around. Do not give your life over to emotions. Amen? Feelings change, but the word of God does not. Feelings change, but the word of God does not. He is the same today and forever. And so when you are in those moments where you feel like, ah, you want to pull your hair out, go to God's word. Run to Jesus. Don't run to Netflix. Don't run to TikTok, right? Don't run to these things that aren't going to push you in the right direction. Run to God's word. Church, tell your neighbor, run to God's word. Because it does not change. And then when you get into God's word, you'll realize, oh, that he is my deliverer, that he will make a way, that he will provide, that he'll never leave me or forsake me, that he is faithful. And when you get into God's word, you realize the moment that you're in, it won't last forever. That light is on the other side, and that is Jesus Christ. Amen? The devil can have access to our feelings. In fact, in Ephesians, I don't think they have the scripture, but in Ephesians verse 26 through 27 it reads therefore nope that's not it in your anger do not sin verse 26 chapter 4 in your anger do not sin do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold so I know that if my emotions can be influenced by the enemy it is a dangerous place to make decisions based on emotions amen it's a dangerous place because what you think might be truth is a lie from the enemy what you think is like forever is a lie from the enemy what you feel like he'll never change is a lie from the enemy what you feel like i could find better it's a lie from the enemy do not give your emotions the value to make decision. Amen? Amen, amen. Let me switch back from that scripture. I will tell you this, for, for talking about emotions, that God doesn't bless feelings. He blesses obedience. Right? God doesn't bless feelings. He blesses obedience. God isn't married to how you feel, but he's married, he is married to how you follow. Amen. And in this church today, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you might be facing. I don't know what you've gone through. And, and maybe this may be something for the future. Maybe this may be for the future. But that you would be obedient and not given to feelings. Because you can be in a very dark place by your feelings. But man, you can be in God's faithfulness. You can be in God's abundance by obedience. Amen. Number two, if you're taking notes, build your life and the purpose of your lives together. Build your lives and the purpose of your lives together. If on the screens, we're going to pull up Genesis 1, chapter 1, 26 through 28. Let's read that scripture real quick. Turn in your Bibles. If you got to say amen, Genesis chapter 1, 26 through 28. 
I'll let you turn your pages. I haven't heard any amens. Lord have mercy. It's the first book of the Bible, y'all. So it says, 26, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air. I want to go back to, run that, run that last part back. So God created man in his own image, male and female, and then it says, he created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. We don't see this singularly. We see it, God blessing them. Can I tell you the blessings in your life? They're meant to be in relationship. God wants to do something in your life in relationship. That whole idea that I'm a self-made man or self-made person, that's a lie to the enemy. The enemy would love for you to be in isolation and think that you can do it all by yourself. But man, can I tell you that your purpose will be unlocked in relationship. Your purpose will be unlocked in community. Your purpose, who God has called you to be. How can, how can you be who God has called you to be if you're in isolation and you don't talk to nobody? You don't do life with nobody. Who are you going to reach? Can I tell you that God will bless you in relationship? This isn't just for romantics. This isn't just for married folk. This is in everything. That at your job, you've been trying to do it by yourself, and that's why you ain't got no promotion because you don't want to talk to nobody. You don't want to listen to nobody. You just want to go in and do your job. But can I tell you that if you would get out of your own way and that you would allow God to use you, watch what he does in relationship. Amen? You're just going in just to get a paycheck. I get it. I get it. But God has a bigger plan. Who have you been walking by all day that God wants to use? Who have you been walking by all day that you don't know that they're about to bless you because of that relationship? Who have you been ignoring because you don't want to talk to nobody, you don't want to deal with nobody, but you're missing out on the blessing that God has for you? Do not do life alone. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, Pull that scripture up on the screen. It says, therefore, a man shall leave his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. They shall become one flesh. Man, all my married folk in this room, can I tell you there's something beautiful about giving up what you've been holding on to and allowing everything you have to become the other person's, to give them access. There's some of you that are in this room that, there's things that you haven't talked about that have caused you pain in your childhood that you've held on to. Can I tell you that you are limiting what God wants to do? That you need to open up about what you've gone through as a kid that you've been holding on to? That you need to, oh, some of y'all need to open up that bank account that you've been holding on to on the side, you know what I'm saying? That's for somebody in the room. Somebody got that little side bank account. You need to let, uh, you better stop that now. Everything you have becomes one. Everything you have becomes one. It's not because God is trying to control us or God wants it to be a certain way, but because there is a blessing 
when you can become one and everything that you have is theirs and everything that they have is yours and watch what God can do when you marry those things together. Watch what God can do when you get into a union. Watch what God can do because the enemy loves to hide in the isolated place. The enemy loves to hide in the pain that you haven't shared. The enemy loves to hide in the secrets that you haven't shared. The enemy loves to hide in that little backup plan bank account that you got. That's where he loves to hide. But if you can join together, watch the walls that will fall down. Watch the chains that will break. Watch what God will do when you can join together. Amen? Some of y'all need to become one. Amen. That's for me too. I hear you, babe. Don't text me. We're going to become one. I got you. But the Bible is, is so, the Bible is so true on everything that it says. Pull up Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. And it says, and it says, and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. And I will make him a helper comparable to him. Right? And I, I don't want to take the Bible out of context here, right? But God did say specifically, it's not good for man to be alone. And some of us in this room, I will tell you, I am guilty of it just as well. In my darkest moments, in my most troubling moments, I have found myself alone. I do not want to be around people when I'm trying to figure out a problem. I do not want to be around people when I'm in turmoil. I do not want to be around people when I'm trying to figure things out. I need to do this alone. And that is a lie of the enemy. In my darkest moments is when I find myself most isolated. But church, if we're going to live a victorious life, if we're going to live a life where we see God's hand at work, if we're going to live a life where we see God's blessing, his peace, his joy, is you are going to have to fight for relationship. You are going to have to fight for community. It does not come easy. Well, nobody wants to be my friend. It don't matter if nobody wants to be. You make them your friend, right? You're going to have to fight. I'm telling y'all, you're going to have to fight for relationship. Because can I tell you, the enemy is after you being isolated. The enemy is after keeping you alone. That you're so busy at your job that you got no time to be with people. That you're so busy on what you need to do that you got no time to talk to some other moms. You're so busy with your kids that you can't break a time away. I'm telling you, you're going to have to do with every fiber of your being. This will be a lifelong battle. You are going to have to fight for relationship. I don't want to text them. Text them anyway. I don't want to keep this relationship warm. Keep that relationship warm and watch what God will do. But I'm telling you right now, the enemy wants to keep you isolated. He wants to keep you hidden. He wants to keep you in the dark because that's where he does his best work. But in community, there's freedom. In community, there's freedom. What do you mean? In community, there's freedom because you find out you're not the only one. Somebody's been down that road. Oh, that's how you got out of it. Oh, now I'm encouraged because I know there's a way out because your story sounds a lot like mine. But when you're hidden, when you're by yourself, I'm the only one. No one else understands. You need to fight for relationship. Together, on purpose, for a purpose. In fact, one of my favorite quotes when I was studying for this message is that information processed in isolation rarely leads to transformation. Right? Oh, I'm cooking. Stop, man. But it's true. It's true. I got some friends 
that they love, um, they love conspiracy theories, right? They love, they love, they're good people though, I love. But what happens is, is that they find themselves going down rabbit holes, reading all this information, and they're the only ones processing it. And they have no filter to pour it through. Relationships are your filter of life, right? They will help you understand that, ah, uh, that's, that's, that's wrong. That's not right. Or it'll give you another perspective. Oh, so what I read wasn't the whole truth because there's somebody who's opposite that I never thought of. An element I had never considered. But it's a dangerous place when you are by yourself because the enemy would love to lie to you. You're no good. Look how bad you messed up. You'll never get out of this. You'll always be addicted. Look at your parents. Look at your family. They've never done nothing good. And all this is going through your head. And you're processing all this information by yourself. And it doesn't lead to transformation. In fact, it leads you to bondage. But God would love to deliver you if you would open your mouth to somebody. God would love to set you free if you can open up your mouth and say, hey, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm struggling with. This is what I'm facing. The enemy is going to tell you, oh, you need to be ashamed. You can't tell nobody. Nobody has ever done something as bad as you've done it. And that's where information by yourself gets very dangerous. Information by yourself without a filter to process it through can be a scary place. Because you think all that you're thinking is the absolute truth until you understand that God has delivered some people from it. That God has walked with some people through it. That God has set some people free. Amen? You have to fight for relationship. You have to fight to be together. In fact, there's some things that we need to ask each other and ask ourselves, and I want you to write these questions down. What is, whether you're married, whether you're dating, whether you're in business, what is our together purpose? If you're taking notes, what is our together purpose? What can you do that's bigger than you? What can't you do that's bigger than you? What can't you do, cannot do, that's bigger than you? And the last question is, what is the thing that will bring you together to talk, pray, and work as a team? What is the thing that will bring you together to talk, pray, and work as a team? Church, can I tell you that this is why G-Groups exist? It's not because we want you to attend another church-related event or that greater church can get bigger. Oh, my gosh, look how many people came not that, is that we have seen how God has changed our lives through relationship and community. And I'm telling you, it's vital. And it don't have to be Jew groups. I'm not, I'm not telling you you got to be limited to a Jew group, but you got to get connected with some people. You got to get connected with some men. You got to get connected with some women, some ladies. You got to get connected with some moms. You got to get outside of yourself and you got to get connected with some people. And watch how God will open up the door. We need 
the Holy Spirit. Amen? We need the Holy Spirit. And so number three, if you're taking notes, grow in your relationship with the Lord and your local church. Grow in your relationship with the Lord, Lord, Lord and the local church. Galatians 5.22. Come on the screens. If you've got your Bibles, open up to Galatians 5.23. We're going to read 22 to 23. And it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. But the first is love. Can I tell you, church, that we don't possess the ability to love perfectly. Amen? Our love is frail and it is weak. How about this? We are called to love some messed up people. Can I tell you, whoever you're married to, newsflash, they're messed up. Some of, y- some of y'all better not amen too hard on that one. Oh, child, I'm going to pray for you when you go home. Some of y'all are married to some messed up people. In fact, all of you are me- married to messed up people and vice versa. We are all messed up human beings, imperfect human beings, and we will make mistakes, and we will fall, and we will fail. And it is very important to understand who you are loving. Because you cannot love your partner the way they need to be loved if you're not allowing the Holy Spirit in your life. You cannot. You're going to end up with a broken marriage. And you're going to end up hurt and broken and confused and wondering what happened. Because you try to love them out of your own ability, not realizing you need God to be in your life to love them the way they need to be loved. Because they're messed up. I am messed up. Allison Hodges, don't text me. I'm messed up. I know, girl. I'm jacked up. And Allison can't love me because I am going to, in her own strength, because I am going to fail her. And I am going to disappoint her. And I'm not going to measure up. But if she allows God if she allows the Holy Spirit to operate the, the, the fruit of love, she's going to love me in the way that I need to be loved. Because she's not dependent on me, she's dependent on God. She's not asking me to satisfy her. She's asking God to satisfy me because she's not looking for acceptance from me. She's looking, she's already been accepted by God. So she's comfortable in her identity. She's comfortable in her purpose. And she realizes that I'm not the end all be all. She knows that Jesus is King. Jesus is Lord. And that he loves me in spite of, and that he'll love me beyond. And it doesn't matter what happens around me, what falls around me. Oh, God loves me. And so in that, I know that people aren't perfect and I could love him too. Hey, thank you, Holy Spirit, for letting my wife love me. But it's true. In fact, the illustration here is that the Holy Spirit is the oil that we need in our engine in order to love people. What happens if your oil runs out, your engine begins to heat up? I'm not a mechanic, so I I just, I've researched a little bit, okay? So don't judge me if I say this wrong. But what happens if your oil is low and it it goes out? The engine gets hot and then it burns out. In fact, it it freezes up and it won't move forward if you don't have oil in your your engine. Just that lubricant that keeps the engine able to move. And that is what the Holy Spirit is for our lives. We can do it on our own strength. 
you're going to burn out. We could do it on our own strength. You're going to freeze up. But if you would allow God to be in your life, to move in you, to be that oil in your engine, watch how you continue to go forward and that you don't let disappointments and you don't let the frailty of man stop you because God is inside of you and he's the one who keeps you going. Amen. We need the Holy Spirit. How do we get God in our life? How do we get this oil in our life? How do we get Jesus in our life? Church, can I tell you? It's simple. It's praying. It's praying. One of my favorite quotes about prayer is that prayer doesn't inform God, it invites God. It invites God into our life and it lets God know, God, I cannot do this without you. He knows what's going on. He knows you're a knucklehead. He knows that. He knows what you're facing. He knows what you're going through. You don't need to inform God, but we do need to invite God because we can't do this life without him. The word. We need the word. Church, if the only time you hear the word is when you come here on Sunday, you are doing yourself a great disservice. It is this word that will help you through the darkest moments of your life. It is this word that will help you go forward. In fact, if you are at the point of giving up right now, you need God's word. Go home today and read his word. Because it, be, it will be the wall that protects you from the darts of the enemy. That's his word. And when dark moments come, it will be his word that will remind you that he's faithful. When it feels like all health is breaking loose and you're surrounded, it will let you know that God will lift up a standard of protection against for you. Amen. It is his word that you need. And it is worship. We need to worship. We need to praise God. We need to lift him high. It is easy to magnify a problem. But can I tell you, God is bigger than it all. He's bigger than your problems. And if you lift him up, if you praise him, if you magnify him, it's funny how your problems get smaller when you worship God. We need the church. We need the church. How do we go in our relationship with God? We need to come to church. I see y'all. Some of y'all on here come. You come here once a month. I see y'all. I'll point you out. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Just being funny. Y'all got nervous. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Oh, but I had a basketball game. No, I'm joking. It's church. Church is important. I will tell you this. I, I won't even, I'm going to just give you every miracle, every door, every blessing that I have had in my life has been through relationship and community in the local church. There was a point where I was at my darkest moment and I was trying to apply for every job I can think of and nobody would give me the time of day. And I said, God, what is going on? How is this going to work? And literally the Sunday where I said, I had tried everything. And I said, you know what? God, I'm going to try even more than everything next week because I don't know what's going on. It was on that Sunday that a gentleman pulled me aside and said, hey, where are you at? What, what is, what is you're looking to do? I have a job that I want to introduce you to. And that job blessed me so much that I was able to purchase my home here in Georgia. And I was able to get my wife a car and do all sorts of things because of a relationship in the church. Y'all can, y'all can praise, hey, y'all can praise him. Don't be scared to praise him. What are you nervous for? Huh? You better praise him. But it's through the local church. It's through relationship. 
every blessing, every door that I've ever seen open has been through relationship and community through the local church. And I'm telling you, if you find a dark place, if you're going through it right now, get plugged in. Stop doing life alone. Get plugged in. Stop doing life alone. I'm going to say it a third time because I know I was there too. Get plugged in. Stop doing life alone. You've become so comfortable. So comfortable with thinking you could just come to church whenever you want. It's not about greater church. It's not about this organization. Church, it is about your life that you have to fight for because the enemy is doing everything to keep you away from your blessing and your calling and your purpose and you're just sitting at home and you're watching Netflix and you want TikTok and you're wondering why nothing happened in your life. Church, the miracle you've been waiting is in community. The miracle you've been waiting on is in relationship. Stop doing Life alone, you have to fight with every ounce of your being to get connected. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be uncomfortable. You're not going to like it. You're going to hate it sometimes, but you need to keep fighting to be plugged in, to be connected, to be in relationship, to be in community. You have to, or you will never see what God has truly planned for you if you don't. My kids. My kids have been blessed by the church. And some of you wonder why your kids are so crazy. Because you're the only one who parent them. You got nobody else speaking into their life. I would be crazy too being in your house. You nagging in my ear. No joke. <laughs> Small joke. Small joke. My kids feel the same way. They do not like the way I uh, parent. For some reason. Now I'm playing. But it's true, man. It's honestly true. Every area of my life has been blessed. Even my kids. My kids come to church. I, I, I'll be honest. I don't do Bible study every single day with my kids. I'm sorry. I don't. But you know what? I can trust that they're going to come here to the church and they're going to hear the word of God and they're going to get some applicable truths that they can apply to their life that they will never forget. And there's going to come a day when they're faced with a difficult moment or they're in a dark hour and they're going to remember that story that they heard about David and Goliath or Jacob's ladder or Jesus dying on the cross. They're going to remember those stories and those moments. And that's what they're going to be able to recall. That's what they're going to be able to hold on to. And that's what's going to change their life. That's what's going to allow them to move forward and not give up. Church, you need to be connected, if not just for you, for your kids as well. That they would get around some godly influences, some godly friends. And that their life would be changed. And so you could find a babysitter. <laughs> Some of y'all ain't been on a date night and, oh, y'all need a date night. But it's true. It sounds funny, but, but it, me and my wife have been able to go and have time away because of community at the church. And there's some people, I don't leave them with just anybody. Now you got to fill out a form to watch my kids. But it's true. It's, it's, I'm, I'm telling you, I know it sounds funny, but it's, it's honestly true. Relationship in the church has blessed me in so many ways, even in my relationship that I'm able to go to my wife and just go out for an evening and enjoy each other's company and have conversation and talk about where we're at in life and where we want to go in life. 
And sometimes when your kids are around you, it doesn't create those moments. You have to fight for those moments. You have to fight for those moments. But the church has blessed me in that way as well. Amen? And I'll finish with this. The church isn't a club, but it's a gathering of family that does life together. It is a gathering of family that does life together. Church, I can't stress it enough. You need community. You need people in your life. You need to grow together. And for some of you, this goes beyond church. And this goes beyond, this goes to your, your community or your school or your job or wherever you find yourself. That you need to get joined together with some people. You need to stop thinking you could do it by yourself. Because the moment you do, watch the doors that God will open. Amen? Church, do not make decisions based on your emotions. One. Two. Build your lives and the purpose of your lives together. Three, grow in relationship with the Lord and your local church. The law of partnership. Hey, all across this room, would you uh, just bow your head and close your eyes? Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. We hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all social media platforms at My Greater Church.